We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome back to the latest Hoosier Huddle podcast. It has been a while. Um, so anyway, uh, Happy New Year if we haven't wished it to you already. Uh, we are flying through this off season. We're about 10 days away from uh, National Signing Day. And then uh, just, uh, you know, maybe six weeks from that, uh, spring ball uh, should start. So we're excited to be back. We have a lot of IU football news to uh, catch you up on if you've missed it. Uh, we're joined by TJ Inman. TJ, how are you? I'm doing great, Sammy. It's uh, great to be back on the show. Uh, it's It's been a little while here with the, as we get going in the off season, but like you said, there's still a ton to discuss. So um, there really truly is very little off season when it comes to college football. Yeah, it, it really is a, a misnomer. We've, especially when uh, you have a team that has played in a bowl game, there, there really is no downtime. You go straight into recruiting. Uh, we've, we're going to talk uh, Kevin Wilson contract extension, as well as the new hires on the staff in in Tom Allen and Keith uh, Catton, and uh, we'll talk a, a little bit recruiting. Uh, the, the hot stove, as they call it, of baseball is is being turned up these last couple weeks before signing day. So uh, we have lots to talk about. Uh, TJ, first, let me ask you um, ask you about the the Kevin Wilson contract. It looks like. Um, this contract, it finally got done. It was a new contract, not not an extension, but it's a new six-year contract. So it just adds four years on to, uh, you know, it, it's not a, it's not six years longer than it would have been. It's just four years longer than uh, it would have been. Mm-hmm. So uh, what are your opinions on, on this contract right now? Well, I, I think my first instinct as we headed through, uh, I would say probably after the Iowa game, um, I really thought that regardless of the outcome of Indiana's season, uh, that I would like to see Kevin Wilson brought back. uh, And that, to me, that meant that he needed an extension to be able to recruit effectively, which obviously is very important. Um, Once Indiana was able to knock off uh, Maryland and Purdue, I felt 100% confident that the right move was to extend Kevin Wilson. I was a little bit surprised at the length of the extension. That being said, I am encouraged by it. I think that uh, I think that the bare minimum you could have done if you were Fred Glass was offer a two-year extension, so give him a four-year 
basically say, okay, you're under contract for four years, so you've got another class of players here to show what you know what you can do with this program. But if you do that, then in two years' time, we're having the exact same discussion. And I think in order to prevent speculation, in order to prevent kind of feelings of, for lack of a better term, kind of half-assing things, um, I, I think it was important to signal not just to Kevin Wilson, but to other assistant coaches, to uh, candidates like we will you know, talk about Tom Allen. Um, you know, I'm not sure that if you offer Kevin Wilson just an additional two years that Tom Allen feels confident in coming to work for Kevin Wilson. Um, you know, yeah, maybe... and, and to build off of that point, uh, TJ, it, it looks like, I don't know the details of the contract. They haven't been released yet, and we haven't right. put a, a, a Freedom of Information Act uh what an application in or anything like that, but it seems like he's got more leverage to play with here, more, you know, resources to play with. And you're right. You don't get a Tom Allen who turned down the Auburn job to come to IU. Um, yes. Like that. You you have a, a, a strength and conditioning coach coming from Baylor, uh, who's should be a great fit. And, um, uh, for this, and and he, you know, we saw him at the press conference a couple of weeks ago. He genuinely seemed happy. Um, so, uh-huh. you know, we'll we'll, we'll see uh, where it it goes from here. We'll see what the contract details are for both Allen and and Wilson. But you know, before we get into this, I, I do want to introduce our our new um, in, intern, Alex Compton. Uh, he's going to be joining us in, in a few minutes, TJ, and I know we have a ton of stuff to squeeze into a half an hour. Uh, but we're very excited to have Alex on board. He's been doing our weekly uh, Big Ten roundup, uh, and I think he's been doing a good job. So uh, yes. we'll bring him abo- uh, aboard, and, and don't be afraid to reach out to him on uh, on Twitter as well. So, TJ, let's get into to Tom Allen a little bit. Uh, this was yep. uh, a hire that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, we we're just sitting around watching, I believe, the IU-Minnesota game, and all of a sudden, uh, bam, Tom Allen uh, is there. Uh, but, but, TJ, before, I'm sorry, uh, we're going to have Alex on. Uh, so, sure. Alex, uh, welcome to the Hoosier Huddle uh, podcast. Uh, welcome to the Hoosier Huddle family. Um, introduce yourself. Hey, uh, thanks, TJ and uh, Sammy. I'm really excited to join you guys and get on board. Um, I'm a sophomore here at IU, and I'm one of the few people that I think would put IU football on the same pedestal as basketball here, so really excited to contribute. been a fan uh, ever since I stepped on campus of the site, so just really happy to be on board. We're glad to have you. Um, Alex, uh, just your sports background, you're the um, one of the directors for Student Athletic Board. I know you made the, uh, I think it was over 1,000 miles from Chicago to New York road trip for the bowl game, and then yeah. the Rutgers IU basketball game. So I, you're a pretty diehard fan, and I, that's good to hear. What other what other sports uh, are you into? Um, yeah, so growing up uh, right around Chicago, I'm a big Chicago sports guy also. Um except for the Bears, so sadly I was a Packers fan on that 
uh, Arizona Green Bay game, which was a killer. But, um, yep, diehard uh, Indiana fan. And then I grew up around Northern Illinois, their football program. So um, those are probably the two biggest uh, collegiate-level programs. And But, obviously, IU takes precedent over everything. So. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. We're going to talk a, bit, a little bit about Tom Allen. TJ, uh, continue with your thoughts, and then we'll bring in uh, Nick as well and, and get some thoughts from Alex. Yeah, like you said, um, it was a big surprise. I, Tom Allen was was definitely a strong candidate for the Auburn defensive coordinator job when uh, Will Muschamp took the South Carolina head coaching job you know, that position became open and Tom Allen was considered to be the leading candidate. Whether or not that's uh, that was going to come to pass, I think it speaks to him being coveted. Um, he was the defensive coordinator last season at South Florida under uh, Willie Taggart. Um, and as far as his in-state ties, and he said this at his press conference, this was about coming home. And for him, uh, home is Indiana. He was uh, the head coach and worked for a long time at uh, Ben Davis. I think he was there from like 97 to 2006. Uh, and it was their head coach for three seasons, like 04 to 06 before taking, uh, taking a collegiate job. Uh, everybody that, you know, you know, I've never met the guy, but everybody that I have heard give an input on him talks about how respected he is within the business. So within college football writers, college football uh, coaches, high school coaches within this area that you know knew him when he was here, they all talk about first how good of a coach he is, and then they talk about second how good of a person he is. You know, I can't speak to that, but when everybody seems to be of the same opinion, it's a pretty strong indicator that um, you know they're they're telling the truth. I mean a ton of people wouldn't have the agenda to, to just make that up. So um, I think the, the most interesting thing about this hire or the most positive thing about this hire, he's a defensive coordinator that has a lot of success, the first thing. He improved South Florida's defense across the board, and he did that pretty much every stop that he was able to have a hand in the defense, he did that. The defense has got better pretty much immediately, um, and that's – I think that's going to be something that Indiana clearly is desperate for, is improvement across the defensive uh, defensive statistics really in every area. And then the second thing is his local ties. I really feel good about his ability to recruit the central Indiana area. Uh, if coaches around this area truly do have the respect that they have all said that they have for Tom Allen, that it appears that they have for him, uh, combined with his you know, ability to really, that we've seen in the past with recruiting uh, at his previous stops, and I, I think you'll see quite a few in-state Indiana defensive kids really give Indiana a strong look, which I, I don't think that Kevin Wilson has done a bad job of recruiting the state of Indiana at all. Um, but I do think that this will be uh, a, just a kick in the pants for Indiana's in-state recruiting. And then the third thing that you look at that's a big question mark is how does this 4-2-5, which for those that are not familiar, the five is going to be the kind of the secondary, the defensive backs. Um, 
the two is going to be the linebackers, the four is going to be the defensive line. And that, you know, that's not a hard and fast rule. I mean, he's not going to line up and play four two five. They have to be four defensive backs. They have to be two linebackers, have to be four defensive linemen every down. That's certainly not the case, but that is his base defense. And it's going to be interesting to see how that fits in at IU with the current personnel. Yep. Uh, Nick, uh, you've been, uh, you know, we haven't heard from you in a while. It's good to have you back (laughs) on. Um, What are your... um, your thoughts on on Allen and and his um, and his hiring and and maybe a little bit on some of these uh, the recruiting that's been kind of crazy over the last seventy two hours. Well, I mean, there's really not a whole lot to add to what TJ said, but I think he's exactly right in the fact that um, IU's missed out on some um, pretty heavy hitters in Central Indiana this year. You got a couple going up to Michigan. You got a kid at Michigan State. We just found out today that uh, a kid is headed to Nebraska that would have would have been nice to line up um, in that proposed 4-2-5 at defensive end going forward. However, because he just did come on board, he hasn't had the opportunity to build those relationships. So that should really come to fruition in the 17, 18, and forward classes. So that will be interesting to see how that kind of develops. And more importantly is when these kids look at these schools, like, like today when we picked up uh, Jonas, Jonah Morris, wide receiver, he looks at IU and says, all right, IU's got a a high-potent offense. They're going to pass it around. I'm going to have an opportunity to showcase my skills. Well, as we all know, IU ranks near dead last in defense for the last couple of years, Well, especially this year. So when you're a kid who's looking for an opportunity to showcase your skills, get an opportunity to go to the next level, IU's really not at the top of their list. Now, maybe some early playing time, but development's really not been there. Um, Bobby Richardson made it to the league last year with the Saints. It looks like Nick Mangieri is going to probably have a good opportunity to at least show in the IU's Pro Day. And then, obviously, mm-hmm. Darius Latham jumped early. So he's another guy who could end up playing at the next level. Now, if IU can get to a level of respectability in the next couple of years, recruits going to look at them and say, hey, here's a chance to play against the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Michigan States, and we're going to be able to play with them toe-to-toe, not that they didn't this year, but when you're giving up 50-plus points, it's hard for NFL uh, scouts to look at IU's defense and say, yeah, I want that guy on my team. So I could see that changing quite quickly. And then as far as all the other recruiting stuff happening, uh, it's disappointing um, losing a kid that committed earlier this week to South Carolina at at a position of need at defensive end. However, if you're not totally bought in with Kevin Wilson and his program, then it's probably best if you don't come to Bloomington because clearly this wasn't your top priority. This wasn't your top school. Yeah. And Alex, what what is, if there's any, but what is the reaction on campus been like uh, uh, in regards to this football offseason? You know, going to the bowl game, a contract extension, hiring a defensive coordinator like Allen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first off, people really love Coach Wilson because he, he just loves the students. He fires us up during the games. So talking to some people, that was a big positive for the student body, extending Wilson like that. Um, and I think definitely that should lead to an attendance boost and an increase in attention next season. Um, also, the ball game, there was a pretty good student turnout, which was actually surprising for me. I drove about a little over a thousand miles, but I think a lot of people just that lived in the area came out to the game, which is a really good idea. And then again, picking up 
uh, most of the student ticket price. I think that, uh, although I still would have bought the ticket, it just, I think it really goes to show that they're committed to the program and they want the student involvement. And I think that's going to start paying dividends in the coming years for the whole program. Mm-hmm. It's good to hear that, that a whole bunch of students went out to the bowl game. I know they made it a priority to try and lower those ticket prices for them. Um, and, and it's good to hear that the overall reaction is, and it'll be interesting to see that if indeed uh, that they could get that student attendance up. I know the first game last year, attendance was a little bit down, but it was 98 degrees with like a thousand percent humidity. So it was, it was really <laughs> uncomfortable sitting yeah. there. Um, but, you know, let's, let's get in uh, signing days coming up. Nick, where do you see this class? I, you know, with all the, the things that happened today, um, checking the numbers about where they're ranked. I think right now they're still 12th in the um, in the Big Ten, uh, right behind Illinois, right ahead of Rutgers. Where do you see this class finishing? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it finishes between about 9 and 12. Um, they're looking to add at least three more members to the class. I said all last summer, going into this offseason even, I said <clears throat> 18 to 20 kids. I was thinking with attrition, mm, somebody possibly going pro early. I wouldn't have guessed Latham. However, um, I wasn't surprised that Howard went, and I thought there was a chance that Feeney did, and that was great news that he's coming back. Um, So I would say this isn't going to be the most impressive class on paper that Coach Wilson's had in his time here, and there's multiple reasons for that. We all alluded to those coming into the season, that um, his lack of um, job security uh, with only two years remaining after this year would impact what how he was able to sell his program and how other coaches were were able to negatively recruit against um, Coach Wilson. So we knew that there might be a chance that maybe this class wouldn't be um, as good as the ones that maybe we'd gotten in 13 and 14. Um, however, it's, there's still some great pieces that I think could um, immediately come in and contribute. So with that being said, um, I would say over the next five to six days, um, there will be quite a few names coming through. Um, at a very minimum, I would say they'll be adding at least three new guys to class. I think that would bring them up to about 18. Yeah, and 18 you know, is just about right it's with the attrition that they have. We'll see um, if they make any other changes in terms of, of guys leaving or transferring. Um, but guys may wait until after spring to see to see where they are. Uh, spring ball is coming up. Uh, it's it's really intriguing this year. I think you guys agree with that. Um, let's go through just really quickly. Uh, you know, what is one of these things after signing day uh, that that you guys want to see in in the spring? We'll start with you, TJ. Well, I think the obvious uh, that jumps out to you is you know what players are going to be, uh, I guess, changing kind of their emphasis or changing their position in this 4-2-5, um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see who benefits from it. And, you know, not everybody's going to benefit, so who's it going to kind of hurt a little bit as far as playing time is concerned? Uh, and part of that is going to be how much they're able to improve and impress Tom Allen. I'm sure that he's going to be evaluating uh, evaluating tape, but I think a lot of it, a lot of playing time is going to be decided by how guys – uh, you know, you're not going to say, well, we're just going to go back to, you know, square one and everything you've done in the past is forgotten. But I, I do think that's going to be a large part of what happens is that uh, he's going to tell them, 
you know, you earn your playing time not based on what you did for a previous defensive coordinator um, in a previous season. You're going to earn it based on how you perform in spring practice and in, in fall camp. And so I think it's going to be very interesting to see kind of who he thinks is a, a good fit for his defense. Because I, I think that we have ideas about kind of which players this might benefit, like who's going to be kind of in that fifth defensive back position. I mean, heck, we don't we don't even know who's going to be in any of the defensive back spots outside of, I think you feel pretty good about Crawford and uh, Richard Fant, but and beyond that, there's just a ton of question marks about who's going to fill the holes in the 4-2-5. Uh, so I think that that is probably what immediately jumps out. And right after that, on offense, you've got a new quarterback position. I think that Richard uh, Legault is probably uh, a heavy favorite, I think it's a good way to put it, to take the starting quarterback position. If he doesn't, then I think you have concerns about uh, your quarterback play moving forward because it means that he didn't quite seize things. Um, and then I think you're also going to look at Camion Patrick, Jason Harris, uh, some guys that had to sit out last year for various reasons that can, I think, offer quite a bit of explosiveness and uh, really much-needed playmaking um, for this Indiana offense. So uh, I, I think another position is going to be offensive line as well. Nick, like you said, Dan Feeney coming back is just monumental. Um, uh, he's one of the best offensive linemen to ever play for Indiana for him to come back for his senior year really solidifies that line, but there are still, you know, a couple of holes that are going to have to be filled. So, uh, Sammy, I totally agree that there is just a lot of excitement and a lot of questions, not questions that you're necessarily, like, really, really worried about. There are a couple of those spots, but I think for the most part it's just, intrigue. It's questions as, okay, we know we've got some answers, just which ones are going to fit into these these puzzle pieces, these holes that we have. Yeah, it's like all these, you know, we're all football geeks, but it's like all these NFL draft geeks who sit there and all they do is, is try and fit pieces into the draft puzzle. And that's, you know, I could see why it's so fun now is that that's what IU football is this spring is, oh, we got a new defensive coordinator with a new scheme. Here are the pieces we yeah. have. Can we move guys around to see here? We're going to have a new quarterback. How is that going to work out? You know, to me, under the radar kind of thing is, is what is Keith Caton going to do? A uh, new strength uh-huh. coach. You know, his philosophy is we're going to run fast. We're going to eat breakfast or in different order. We're going to eat breakfast, then we're going to run fast, <laughs> and we're going to squat heavy. So, um you know, I like the eat breakfast those... part. Yeah, I like the eat breakfast well, part. I don't know about the rest of it, but I like that part. I, I like lunch. I'm not a big breakfast guy. I, I like lunch food. Yeah. If I could have lunch for breakfast, uh, we could go with that. But you know, to see if those gains, I, I know he'll only have a you know about six to eight weeks, but to see those gains, uh, mm-hmm. if they come out in the spring and then definitely in the fall camp to see how he could you know, change, change bodies a little bit and change philosophies and see if these guys can become bigger, faster, and stronger. Um, now, Mark Hill did a great job, and we'll see if Caden can take him to the next level. Uh, that's one of the things I want to see. I don't know if we'll see it 100% in the spring, 
But that and the quarterback battle between uh, Legau, Alex King, um, and uh, some of the other guys there, uh, how how that um, – I'm sorry, Austin King, not Alex King. Austin King, uh, all, all, uh, all work out. And it'll be interesting to see where Camion Patrick plays, whether they're going to use him at running back uh, or they're going to use him all over the field. So, I mean, this offense next year, you know, some people might think if Legault um, – if Legault could play as well or, you know, up to where Sudfeld played last year, this offense could be really, really good again and, and lead the conference. So that's some of the things that, that I'm I'm looking for. Uh, Nick, how about you? What are you looking for this spring? Well, I mean, you both have uh, hit the, the two big ones. I think uh, most importantly is, you know, we have a lot of questions along the defensive line. We lose Shaw Bandit, which is – seems like it's going to be a position that's phased out and obviously use Mangieri at defensive end. So really you have two spots open at defensive end. And there's quite a few returning bandit guys that are going to have to play with their hand on the ground. And I think, you know, Greg Gooch is a guy that could uh, see some time there. Niall Sykes, but it sounded like he was playing playing with his hand on the ground. And then another name in last year's recruiting class for redshirted this year is Brandon Wilson that I'm I'm pretty excited about. I, I think that he could be someone who could have an early impact. And then obviously Jacob Robinson saw quite a bit of PT this year behind behind Mangieri. So that'll be uh, interesting to see. And then like you guys said, that fifth defensive back spot, what exactly are they looking for? What's the mold? What's the height? What's the weight? Um, you know, Zeke Walker came in as a safety. He's obviously put mm-hmm. on some weight. He's listed at 221. Um, is that too heavy? Does he Does he have the... Um, quickness, the ability to turn directions and cover a slot receiver that they're looking for, um, who's really to say at this point. And then again, like you alluded to, TJ, offensive line, you have a lot of great returning um, experience options. Um, the big question is left tackle. Um, I don't know if that guy's on the roster right now, if they're going to bring in a junior college guy or if they're going to have Brandon Knight put on about 15 more pounds or going to leave him at tight end. Those are all questions that may or may not be answered during spring ball. Like we saw last spring, they had uh, uh, Demetri Camiel playing at left guard um, besides Spriggs, and obviously that didn't hold up. He ended up back at right tackle. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, uh, cornerback, if we think to a year ago, we were going into spring with basically Padmore, um, (laughs) Clark, Clark, and Fant. And now we're going into the spring with at least seven reasonable options with Devontae Williams, Tyler Green, um, Andre Brown, and obviously Fant, Padmore. Remains to be seen if um, Clark's going to get back and healthy. And then the uh, South Carolina transfer, Wesley Green. So I feel much better about that position heading into 2016 than I did this time last year. Right. And Alex, you know, heading into spring, is there anything that the the Student Athletic Board is doing for the spring game or in, in talks with? Uh, not necessarily at this point. Um, we just try and get a good student turnout and involvement with the game. Um, one thing I've kind of been thinking of is a way to get the football players out onto campus in the dorm rooms right before the spring game to kind of interact with the students and remind them that they have a spring game, they want the support this season, and it's going to be a big year. I think that really getting the football team more involved with the student body would be really, really huge for student turnout at the games. Um, so I would say that's probably it as far as working for the spring game at this point, but obviously still a lot of time. Right. And one, what one is thing one I wanted thing to, that... Sammy, one thing oh, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, 
at the press conference with uh, two separate ones, with Tom Allen and and, and Catton and Dan Feeney. Um, what stood out to you about the the two new members of Indiana's coaching staff? I just beyond beyond what they said. I mean, what what stood out uh, to you about those two guys and what you think that uh, they will bring on the field and and off the field to to IU? You know, I I think that they're excited to be here. And that's one of the things that that's most important. Because if you're not excited to be at some place, you're not going to do a good job. So I think uh, both uh, Coach Allen and and Coach Caton are are excited to work with these guys. They're excited to be in Bloomington and work with IU football. And I think a lot of that has to do with Kevin Wilson's enthusiasm and and reaching out to these guys and, and just having an infectious attitude. Um, so that's what stood out to me a lot, and that these guys are accountable. They're going to, you know, they love getting to know players on a personal level. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Allen said that in his press conference, was that he wants to get to know each and every one of his guys personally, and that's one of the reasons why he coaches down on the field is that it gets the, he gets to know them a little bit better through the games uh, by coaching down on the sideline. And so you'll see him down there uh, this season, as opposed to Coach Knorr, who was up in the booth. And, you know, there's no right way to do it, but he feels more comfortable down there. I think that's something that IU should benefit from. Now they'll have a a defensive guy in the booth, too. That way they could have eyes on top as well, because you do get a better view from the press box. But, you know, just these guys are – their attitudes are awesome and they're excited to be here, and they're bought in. Cool. Yeah, I think I think that that's just what stood out to me was, uh, like you said, they had excitement level. They had an energy about them. Um, it's a, I mean, it's it's dumb to read into body language. I mean, that's just you know, people do that all the time with with sports stuff, uh, trying to interpret. You know, oh, what did that shrug of his shoulders mean, or what did what's that facial expression mean? But I think it was obvious um, to anybody that watched it that there was an excitement level there and an intensity level there. I mean, those guys, uh, I think that they it will be very interesting um, to see them operate in practice because I I I think that the intensity level, particularly from from Tom Allen, is something that. Uh, we have not had an IU and a defensive coordinator uh, for quite some time, but um, yeah. Before I, before we run out of time here, I, I would say, um, you know, welcome to Alex. It's definitely exciting to have have him on board. Um, and to our readers, thank you for continuing to read us um, as we head into a, a new phase for our site, having an intern, and as we uh, head towards signing day. I know that we've got a bunch of great stuff planned and. It should be a fun time on the site again. So good to be back on the podcast, guys. Yeah, excellent. Uh, thank you guys for, for joining us. Alex, welcome. Uh, good job on your first podcast, and, and we'll bring you on later and, and keep us updated with all that Big Ten news. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, Nick, as always, uh, great contributions. Uh, we'll keep us updated on recruiting. This is your your bread and butter. So um, That's right. You know, we we look for uh, to you. I know um, you know you've been busy at work, but uh, it's always great to have you on talking football. And, it, and it's you know spring, spring balls just a, a few 
hopefully a few weeks away. You know I'm counting down the day, so absolutely I'll get uh, I'll get the recruiting uh, train going again, and uh, hopefully we'll have some more booms here in the next couple of days. Yep, and and uh, we'll have excellent coverage. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, we're on Facebook as well, so give us a like. Uh, we love interacting with fans. We're we're going to do after signing day. We'll start doing our uh, our fan mail mailbag so get your questions ready to email in tweet in um or send over however uh however you want so uh do uh send us your questions so we could answer them thanks for joining us guys there's no distance too far for the perfect trip Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 